With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. On the beach and off-road live. From the Desert Tower Studios, this is Monster Mike and the Baja Crew. Welcome to another version of the Outrage Off-Road Live.
Now we're still on the beach, summer 2015. And if you don't believe it's still summer, it was over 90 in San Diego, over 100 in Cabo recently. I hope this is the new global warming, because I dig it. We have a plethora of guests scheduled for today. The voice of off-road is our special guest. We also have John Stewart calling in, in just a mere matter of moments, our recreation specialist, and Baja Bill Fuentes also calling in. Stand by. Monday, October the 12th, with our friends, Ram Trucks, Hard Rock, Marlboro, Budweiser, and Red Bull, and of course, BajaSafari.com, the king of Baja. Today's show is chock full of great topics. How about the Baja 1000, the upcoming desert off-road race in Baja, Mexico? Or the Junkyard Parker, the race that we have the official race results. All blessed and kissed and, you know, the holy water's been sprinkled on them. And John Stewart will talk about his visit to the squeeze. Have you ever been there? Well, you'll be there today on the show as we talk about John Stewart's squeeze trip this weekend. All live right here in the Desert Tower Studios from the big Bad Desert, Off-Road Live. Up next. Hey, how are you? Oh, stand by. Got to hit a button. How are you? Go ahead. Hello, Mike. How are you, sir? Hey, I am doing great on this wonderful Monday. And it still feels like summertime, doesn't it? Well, actually, today it's kind of cooled off and uh, had a few sprinkles of uh, rain on the windshield when I was uh, running errands earlier today. So East County has seen some sprinkles? Uh, very light sprinkles. But wow. Yep. 
Well, that's a that's a that's a weather bulletin right there. Hey, it sure beats yesterday when it was uh, mid to high nineties out in the desert. Oh, and you were there. Yeah. This is John Stewart, our recreation specialist, and of course, this is Monster Mike, your humble host. We are live on Off Road Live. Uh, uh, in a uh, pre-show interview earlier today. Uh, John spoke of uh, his memorable trip to the Squeeze in back in the backcountry in the Big Bad Desert. John, why don't you tell us all about it? Well, it uh, it is one of the things that one of our the club members of Tierra del Sol is we uh, want to do a pre-run of a run that he's planning on hosting uh, here in December. A little bit cooler weather. Well. We got an early start yesterday because we expected it to be a little bit warm, and yeah, it was up in the 90s, 90-plus type. But uh, the route took us out through the squeeze, down Heart Attack Hill, and for lunch stop up Sandstone Canyon, then out. Now, the squeeze is always an interesting spot because I uh, had my YJ out there, my uh, my beast, it's a uh, very well equipped build up, you know, 35s and all, but it just barely fits through. Maybe a couple of inches to spare on each side, so you're not getting a very big vehicle uh, through there, you know, through the uh, through the squeeze. Uh, that's a good stopping point to get you, uh, you know, keep you away from the next major obstacle, being uh, what's affectionately known as Heart Attack Hill. Right, and and all the all the full sized have to turn around at that point. Oh yeah, you know it's uh, oh I guess you could uh, get a full size through there, um, but you will be smaller size and full size by the time you get through. <laughs> John, you have a you have a certain way of putting things, and then uh, and then of of course the only other uh, route that you can take to get to the roughly the same destination. From west to east is Diablo drop-off. Well, yeah, but in order to get to uh, Diablo drop-off, you've got to go way down to uh, Agua, Agua Caliente. Yeah, via Cedo Wash. Via Cedo Wash, then back up through there, or come in uh, by, what is the Blue End, uh, back up through uh, uh, Wind Canyon. Yeah, but that's from the north heading uh, south and east. Right. Or south and but, west. Yeah. yeah. Now, um, okay, John, so so, so how were how the road, can, how was the trail conditions, um, and so uh, out, out going out to the squeeze? Uh, trail conditions were good. Uh, they've, uh, in fact, I was kind of surprised that the uh, vegetation out there looks uh, healthy, uh, like it's uh, benefited from some of the summer rains out there. So, you know, the, the uh, fresh growth on the uh, Choya cactus, uh, the uh, Bucatillo, uh, well, it didn't look completely brown. It had some some semblance of green on it, and that's something we'll, uh, you know, within 10 to 15 days after a rainstorm, 
it'll turn green flower, then uh, start turning brown again. But uh, you bet. Hey, John, hang on for just a second. I've got a programming note. Hey, Bill, I see you on the line. Uh, Bill, if you want to, uh, I apologize. We had a technical snafu earlier that is uh, uh, addressed back our, our scheduling a bit. If if you want to and you don't want to listen to this uh, uh, conversation, you can call back in in roughly 10, 15 minutes. Uh, otherwise, hang on, and uh, uh, John will uh, uh, clue us in on his great trip that he had. Yeah, I was going to say, John sounds like a wealth of information. If you don't mind, I'm just going to hang in here and listen to him. That sounds great. I would, too. Yeah. Well, well, John, go ahead. So we've we, we made it out to that point. Now what? Well, and, and through the squeeze, and then uh, you start down a heart attack hill, and uh, well, that's the same uh, same as it's always been, except the uh, there's a little drop off there, uh, a hole at the top that seems to be getting deeper. I haven't been out there for a couple three years, but I know that long wheelbases will come pretty much near vertical. Uh, a shorter wheelbase, I think, he will get vertical, uh, but. It's uh, you get down there and start down the hill. You have two different options, so, you know, to wait to start down the hill, but you still get down and it's uh, steep down that uh, decomposed granite face, and there, and with the uh, uh, break off and on there, uh, I actually started getting just turning a little bit sideways. My back end started coming around a lot of me a little. I said, okay, you know, don't not liking this, but. No, that happens to me. That happens to me in my uh, smaller wheelbase, and I hate it when the rear end comes around. Yeah, that's uh, especially in that steep of a slope, and you know you're on a, uh, like I said, you know, it's a decomposed granite sitting there, and you're you're just kind of sliding around there and trying to get the well with lockers. They want you to go straight, and it's uh, about all you can do is kind of power out and around through it to uh, get straightened out again, and. Well, it sounds like you. It sounds like you were doing a little bit of speed. Uh, you can't help but speed, even standing on the brakes. Uh, you, you know, gravity. Gravity wins all the time. Yep. So, uh, uh, have you done uh, any of the truck trails in San Diego County? A uh, couple of them, but God, those have been a long time ago. The reason yeah. why I ask is, is the condition of the trail on Heart Attack Hill anything like that where you've got a really solid, almost completely firm base, and then you just got some loose DG on the top of it? Yeah, uh, I, I can't, I, in my mind, I can't of another place unless you're going to be up around Corral Canyon and right. some of the places in uh, trails in Corral Canyon where you have similar type uh, granite formations of, and that and some uh, fairly steep rock faces there. Yeah, because considering the precipitation that's happening in uh, the big bad desert uh, out east uh, that, I mean, this year uh, there's been uh, quite a bit of rain, and that that hard packs that stuff, especially after it's allowed to dry for a while. Yeah, and uh, what uh, you know, the trail conditions were excellent. I mean, uh, there were some sandy spots, uh, but they weren't all real bad sand. Uh, you know, you know, well, of course, for bigger tires air down that you uh, just kind of glide over the sand and not really dig in, but. 
Right. The so, uh, so you did Heart Attack Hill. You're at the you're at the base of Heart Attack Hill. Now what? Yeah, it was just a. Uh, that's where the boring start start of the ride goes. It's just up and down around, basically falling out through the washes and. Did uh, get up into Sandstone Canyon, and that was a treat because I, you know, Sandstone Canyon, uh, the last time I was up there, I started thinking yesterday when we stopped at, at the end for lunch, and, and I said, yeah, that's, it's got to be 10 to 12 years since I was last out there, uh, you know, up through the canyon. And you don't, now there's been a cave-in, so you don't get as far up the canyon as you used to be able to. But it's still uh, a unique experience driving up that canyon and uh, how it gets a few places where it narrows down and the uh, the sheer height of the sandstone walls. It's a uh, it's a nice place. Yeah, no question about it. Wh- why sandstone? Why cross from uh, Fish Creek over to sandstone? I mean, there's there's so many washes out there and canyons that you can check out. Uh, is it simply because sandstone's such a classic uh, uh, slot it's- canyon? Yeah, the uh, the run leader was saying that that's he wants because he was wanting to time it, and, you know, the how it, uh, to get there. And his uh, his thing was, all right, Sandstone Canyon. You get up there, uh, and with the canyon, you're out of the sun. You have some shade, uh, and it would be a good lunch spot. So, oh, that's a that's a perfect reason, especially when it's uh, uh, what was it high nineties out there. Well, yesterday at the high 90s, yeah, it was a it was good. It was relatively cool in the canyon. Yeah, oh, for sure, big difference. I mean, uh, it's amazing how a little bit of uh, moisture and or shade uh, in you know the middle of the big bad desert in the Slot Canyon uh, it could be quite delightful. Right. It it was very delightful. Uh, and after launching, I'm back out and then got back out in the sun and. Went up over across the Diablo drop off, and and that every time I get over that, I it it's always different from the last time I remember. Now you headed out Fish Creek, and you uh, of course you depart the uh, the region. Um, now uh, as a pre run for a December trip, uh, what is Tierra del Sol as a club or the group? Uh, or the uh, leader thinking, what is going to be the route of travel for that event in December? Well, that was that was the route of travel. Start going in and you know through the squeeze down the drop off, lunch at uh, the uh, in Sandstone Canyon, and then getting over into the uh, Oreo Salado and make a stop at the Mud Caves. Oh right. So. Um, now that's going to be the exact route uh, in December. Right. Right. Now, is, is that a single run? Uh, that's just a single run. Uh, it's a club run. Uh, guests are welcome. And it, uh, see, December 13th is the scheduled date. More information will be uh, posted on the uh, Tierra del Sol website at tds4x4.com. Excellent. And, and a great date for it, although this year with uh, the, the vaunted El Nino warnings, it's going to be interesting to see if uh, – of any additional uh, large amounts of rainfall hit in the Big Bad Desert, and in particular that region, because that area is known for uh, uh, washouts if the rain is big enough. Oh, yeah, and, well, it, it, it doesn't take much of a rain to uh, uh, start water flowing through the washes, and especially when you have uh, 
the ground has been baked hard by the sun and not a chance for it to really slow, you know, and uh, seep into the ground. Uh, so, yeah, it just runs off, runs off in a hurry and up through Fish Creek and all that, that little connection of canyons to there uh, does accumulate a lot of water in a hurry. You bet. So uh, you went out as a pre-run. Uh, the event is with Tierra del Sol. It's going to be in December. How much is it? Gonna, do you know uh, the entry fee for uh, running it? Oh, that there's no uh, no entry fee. Uh, just you provide your own lunch, uh, your own drinks and snacks or whatever you need, and uh, it's just a fun run out through the. Out through the desert is one of the club runs that uh, they schedule one about once a month. Non-competitive. Non-competitive. It's just a nice day run to go out and enjoy yourself. And yeah, no, it sounds it sounds yes. great, and that's a that's a great day to do it. Um, uh, so, uh, are you going to be a part of the uh, the event in December? Uh no, I'm. Uh, scheduled for knee surgery in November, so I'm not planning on doing too much uh, for a few weeks. Wow, I did not know that. We'll we'll talk about it off air, and you know, if you want to talk more about it later, we'll we'll do so. Um, all right, uh, and then of course you've got a land use uh, issue uh, that you wanted to bring up, as well as uh, it relating to water issues uh, in stormwater. What was that, John? Well, we're finding then uh, just reported out of uh, a lot of this happens up the Pacific Northwest is a group called the Wild Earth Guardians is looking to uh, revisit a lawsuit and to uh, actually hold the uh, Forest Service more accountable for uh, stormwater runoff and off of forest roads and pushing the closure of forest roads just in order to protect the water supply from pollution. Now, Wild Earth Guardians, a little bit about Wild Earth Guardians, uh, they're, uh, they came up out of uh, New Mexico, and they've had quite a few interactions within uh, the various group in New Mexico uh, trying to push for uh, increased wilderness, increased monument designations, and they've been spreading out and branching out up into uh, Colorado, uh, some of into Nevada, uh, not Nevada, uh, Utah. But now they're showing up in uh, Pacific Northwest, which is always a, uh, a hotbed for environmental issues and pushing the uh, water water quality. Now this is on top of the uh, EPA rule on the uh, waters of the United States, which has reclassified uh, wetlands uh, to bring them under the Clean Water Act in the jurisdiction of the of the Environmental Protection Agency for non-disturbing or non-polluting or any kind of activity so yeah this sounds like a lot of this sounds like a lot of uh, three-lettered federal agencies a lot of yeah a lot of uh, federal agencies are involved uh, and the two biggest are the uh, Forest Service and the Environmental Protection Agency the uh, the the EPA and their uh, regulation activities uh, concerning the Clean Water Act. And uh, what we're finding is that uh, water issues, because of the scarcity of water, uh, because of the drought in the recent years, uh, water is starting to crop up more and more in discussions with the environmental groups as uh, 
reasons to push for closures and exclusion of people from public lands. Wow. So how do you recommend that uh, those folks who are uh, off-roaders, four-by-four recreationalists, how do you recommend they get involved and assist you in providing uh, enough uh, support so that it doesn't become a, a larger issue? Well, on these, uh, through the Blue Ribbon Coalition, we're always accepting uh, new members. Your membership dollars are uh, put it put to work to help fund uh, lawsuits. Uh, donations are also accepted uh, through the Blue Ribbon Coalition. That's at sharetrails.org. And it's, uh, it's, a, it's something that, as an organization protecting and fighting for access rights uh, for the people in public lands and recreation, uh, we are very conscious about the support from our membership base, and it is membership dollars that are our primary source of funds. Yeah, um, and then uh, any additional uh, land use stuff, uh, you can always uh, go to those websites, uh, go to uh, Cal Four Wheel, and of course contact John directly. John, how do people get a hold of you? You can contact me directly uh, through uh, jstewart at mac.com or through my website of uh, 4x4wire.com. Uh, you know, my contact information is posted all over the place there, and uh, I'd be happy to hear you uh, answer questions, uh, provide information. Uh, there's a wealth of it out there. And I'm find, I find that a lot of, a lot of the uh, recreationists are uh, – so busy raising families and trying to plan their next trip out that overlook the fact that there are people working behind the scenes that uh, are trying to lock them out of an opportunity to take a family out on the public lands and enjoy a weekend. And these people want to help you. So, uh, folks, if you're within the sound of uh, our voices, uh, contact John, go to his websites, uh, provide him the support that he needs so that he can work for you uh, in the wild lands of our big bad desert as well as the entire West. Uh, John, uh, you are the preeminent uh, recreation specialist, uh, and we can't tell you how much we appreciate your uh, uh, presence here on Off Road Life. Well, thank you. Uh, mm-hmm. I, uh, enjoy, uh, I enjoy it. I'm, uh, I find that I. Uh, I want to keep these lands open for the future, and it's something that I've dedicated my time to to doing. Uh, and you know, I was like when I find somebody out there that's uh, saying, "Hey, we'd like to have this place." Uh, so it's it's something that I, I see the joy in people's lives when they do get out there and have fun. No question about it. And you you provide uh, the best information, John. Uh, just as an example of bad information, I read an article uh, recently from, uh, and I'm gonna I'll tell everybody who it is, offroad.com, talking about a, a particular truck trail in uh, San Diego County, and the the story was full of inaccuracies, including the uh, uh, you know one of the access routes is. A closed by administrative decree out of the Palm Springs main office, and it's just shocking that uh, uh, you know a simple run uh, can be marred by uh, bad information, uh, and we don't want that to happen. We don't want to impede on our uh, 
uh, federal friends who have jobs to do, uh, and uh, uh, putting out bad information doesn't help anybody, uh, especially the recreationalists. So your uh, real-time, you know, you just made this run yesterday, information is so valuable. John, look forward to having you back next week, and maybe we could talk about a run every week. Uh, we probably should get out to a run every week. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, John, uh, well, let's talk about that. And I uh, uh, can't tell you how much we appreciate you being on the show. Look forward to having you back next week. All right, Mike. Take care. We'll talk to you later. Thank you, sir. Talk to you later. Uh, thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, and now on the line uh, and listening in, our second guest today, uh, Baja Bill Fuentes. Uh, Bill, uh, thank you very much for calling in. Uh, obviously, uh, we uh, we made arrangements uh, to, for you to be on the show today, and uh, can't tell you how much we appreciate you calling in. This is Baja Bill Fuentes, uh, the preeminent insider <laughs> with uh, Baja Racing. Uh, uh, in uh, Score International, uh, especially motorcycles, but uh, it really includes everything. Uh, you know, Bill, what's on the top of your mind? You know, we we did three uh, segments with you recently. Uh, you now have a you know a Wednesday column where you talk about extremely controversial things. Um, or and what's on the top of your mind today? Well, I, I don't want to. I don't put anything controversial in this. The membership of our our ad hoc committee called Score Veterans, uh, made up of journalists, uh, radio and and uh, tracking experts, uh, former winners of the Baja 1000 on bikes, and we have one of the cars. Um, you know, those are are the men and women that I that I rely upon when I'm not sure about something. And so as far as controversial, I don't know. What's controversial is when people don't have all the facts and or as many facts as we've gathered because of our passion. Um, well, let me, be, these, let me be clear, uh, Bill. I, oftentimes the most controversial uh, uh, information is simply the facts. Yeah, and that's what we're seeking and always uh, want those out there who want to be a, a member of Scorvets is to uh, share information. How can we make the, the communications better? How can we get search and rescue out to a rider who is suddenly stopped in the middle of nowhere, not communicating, not moving? And you know, how do we how do we do that? Well, there's some, there's been so many procedures that have been in the past that to deviate from them. Uh, was not, you know, I've seen this, and I'm not going to name the, the instance. We've gone over that as nausea. But to the old adages, if it ain't um, broke, you know, don't fix it. And and I, I think that this uh, promoter that's in right now that we've been talking about, you know, he has his own ideas. Um, some have called him a sociopath. He doesn't have any kind of uh, moral compass doesn't understand uh, the word gratitude or thank you. Uh, incapable of uh, uh, caring for anybody but himself. And when you have that kind of person, that dangerous, it does not care about the ramifications of, of their ideas and actions as if they are going to work. You just guys, you all have to work harder to make it work for me or for him. You know, it's 
that makes it impossible sometimes, if not all the time. So I'm I'm looking forward for a better year. I'd like to see the uh, no, no more uh, weatherman at the Baja 1000, for example. I don't, I don't want to hear three times in a row now for the 1000, I have no more quarters to put in the machine. That's the promoter's responsibility to put a, a clear feed and my, a backup and redundancy so that if the Internet goes down, there's a backup, just like IRC had, and it was uh, oftentimes without fail. It would go perfect. Go you know, that was that was one of the very first stories that made BajaRacingNews.com famous was uh, the story, quote-unquote, weatherman can kiss my ass, and that had to do with... Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah. That had to do with Shannon Booth's experience with uh, a buddy of his needing help in Loretto, and uh, no communications were available out of Loretto. So he, he literally put it out in an email, and that was the title of it. And we simply copied and pasted it, and it caused it. It actually caused BajaRacingNews.com to become the number one source for Baja racing information for the last ten years. And now we've been around for 15, but what happened was at the beginning, Bill, um, when my uncle Gary started doing this, uh, there was nothing else out there. And and people don't remember this, and this is really important. The the score website was uh, warned uh, by Google to be a malware site. Really? So, yes. So people were being told by the search engines not to go to it because there was malware and you could uh, potentially uh, have a disruptive uh, uh, piece of software uh, loaded from onto your uh, equipment if you re- if you uh, migrated to or linked to uh, score international site that's the only reason why uh, at the beginning I mean it uh, literally, the numbers were uh, uh, were just crazy at the start, and it was all because of, and you could put it in your Google or your Bing or whatever, uh, quote-unquote, weatherman can kiss my ass. And um, it, was, it, it was simply because he was addressing the need for exactly what you just mentioned, and that is universal, clear-channel uh, communications uh, by the sanction. And if you can't uh, 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 ensure and promise that you're going to have it, don't advertise it. I'm tired of window dressing. Hey, we're going to have everybody can just tune in and listen to the weatherman. My God, I think it was 2007 that stuff started happening. That was with Sal. And we get to Brownfield, and, and, you know, here we are getting ready to lift off, and there's, there's no way that the people are going to be able to hear, you know, any kind of a live feed. So, you know, it, uh, a chain is only as strong as its weakest link. You know, something something will always fail. So the best we can do is um, take care of ourselves, look out for each other, look out for each other, as we always do. And Bob Bauer, uh, formerly at BFG, and, and uh, I don't know what he's doing now, but he has a, 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 a three-, four-page uh, uh, pamphlet that he would be glad to distribute or, or make available on the uh, Internet, and that is called Life is a one-lap race. And in that document, he has taken his wisdom and the wisdom of others and has simply listed a number of things that that spectators, chase crews, uh, media, and checkpoint officials should be aware of. And uh, things like planning ahead, getting plenty of sleep, 
uh, expect delays in the roads and things, to do that so that you don't take chances, so that you don't um, become a casualty. Because uh, we'd like to reduce the amount of casualties in any kind of uh, sport. And in Baja, it's never going to be safe. And that's why we do it. Now, Bill, you've been uh, the translator for uh, Weatherman. You've also been essentially an assistant uh, in facilitating his production. Um, uh, what What is the status of the Weatherman channel for this Baja 1000? I don't know, and I haven't spoken to him. I go up with him in the airplane when it's the peninsula run. Uh, I went up to Diablo one time. <laughs> I think it was in 95 or 96, whenever we had a loop race up there. And I, and I looked at him, and I said, Bob, this is the first and the last time I'm ever coming up here to Diablo. You've got to get somebody who's tougher than uh, than me to do it uh, because it was cold up there. But, um, no, I I, uh, I don't know. I haven't talked to him. Uh, I have his number here. I, I mean to give him a call and let him know, you know, that I'll be checking in where I'm going to be at uh, in case there's any kind of need. Um, and I think everybody else, you know, if you've got a key area that, that you believe is a, is going to be a hot hot spot of spectator problems or try and do what you can to let people know that, that you're in contact with a weatherman and he says, you know, clear this area, please, or, or please cooperate. Uh, it makes the racing go a lot smoother. And uh, no, you, you asked what's at the top of my list. I just hope we have a nice, uh, mm, what is advertised is, is guaranteed and that it, and it goes all the way through. I, I'd like to see that. Uh, it probably won't. Um, you know. Well, nowadays with uh, the the clear uh, risks that are out there, you know, it's uh, it behooves everybody uh, to work as a, a unified community mm-hmm. uh, uh, to assist those that assist others. And of course, uh, Weatherman is at the top of the list. Um, and you know his. Uh, uh, you know the video that you did that was so incredibly on point um, that had uh, the information about weatherman uh, calling out and essentially uh, giving out um, uh, uh, score owners Roger Norman's uh, cell number as well as yeah. uh, the deceased now uh, score attorney Oscar uh, and he he gave out both numbers didn't he. Yeah, that was at 9.45 on November 15th of 2013. Uh, this was, would be the day two uh, and then the start of the, the trophy trucks. And people started calling in for status, and all of a sudden, uh, he, he, you know, I have no more quarters to put in this machine, meaning an Internet had been set up, and then it stopped because it needed to be paid for. And uh, I recall Bob saying that he had to lay a credit card down as an emergency, and all of a sudden, and this has happened to me before, you're promised something from somebody who has the ability and the means to guarantee it, but for some sociopathic uh, reason, he just can't seem to fulfill his obligation and yet gets all the credit. So Bob gave him the credit. He said, you know what, I don't have any more quarters to fit in this, uh, to put in the machine for the Internet. Here's their numbers. You call them if you need a status. When I had the guys on my team come over and sit, I said, yeah, I need you guys to listen to this. You know, this is what's going on. I don't want to think that I've heard something. And sure enough, you know, um, 
I, I just and he did it last year. I, I heard it one time, and I and it was in the airplane. I didn't go up with him last year in the airplane, but uh, I, you know, I just it's he could be so much more effective with he and 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 Weather Woman and, and whoever else he is. If there's a clear feed, you don't have any problems. He'll go ahead and she'll go ahead and provide the status. And everything. we've just never had that. It just never seems to to make it through. And how soon after that announcement was he able to do uh, statuses? When did he get his internet? I don't know. And then when I listened to the the live feed rebroadcast that was heavily uh, edited and portion a key portion redacted, there was another sit-in. And that's what I went to call him about is, who was that man who was talking about pizza and, and you know, you know his dog in the... In the uh, up there in one of the tents up there at the, the Mount Diablo, I assume. And uh, I was talking to Bob Thompson. He, he's the weatherman north. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if he told me, but the point is is that I think Bob just took a rest, and that's what I put in that video. I said maybe he just took a rest or something like that, but he's he's not there. And he's, uh, you know, he I've, in, in the history of off racing, uh, certainly with weatherman, I've never heard anybody say, here, Here's Sal's number. Here's Mickey Thompson's number. Call them. You know, I, I, I just can't do it anymore. The man was helpless. He just couldn't do his job. Why have there? And rightfully, because, you know, if you don't have that base of information, uh, there's no way to uh, access it. Or if, if you do access it, it becomes the most uh, inferior communication system in the world, and that is having someone call into a radio uh Emission. Hey George, a quick question for you: Who uh, redacted the? Who removed the Kurt Caselli stuff out of the uh, um, uh, the uh, Dirt Live uh, feed from uh, that Baja One Thousand? I don't know. You asked for. I have no clue. Not me. I didn't touch it. I don't. I don't know what you mean. Yeah. Who Who else had access? Andrew had access, and who else had access to the? I, I don't. I don't know when. When was this you're talking about? Yeah, the Kurt Caselli death. Okay, but when was 2010. That at the time of it or what? Uh, no, it was probably <laughs> it had probably occurred afterwards. No, I'll, I'll tell you what was what was going down. Yeah, I'm going to get some stuff. Hang on a second. Yeah. This will be better than this, you think? Well, how much do you think you need alone? So stand stand by, uh, audience. Yeah, I, I can give you the times. I I have the chart right in front of me. Okay, no, that's all right, Bill. Uh, stand by. Uh, what I'll do is I'll ask. This is George Antill, the voice of Offroad. Right. Stand by. Hey, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I wouldn't be able to tell you that. I, but but are you are you aware that a, a very key part of the Dirt Live tape uh, has been removed from that event, from the Kirk Caselli uh, incident? I, I don't even know what a tape you're talking about. You know, because the only thing I did was the week after he died, I had the, the, the Tuesday show following his death. I did a tribute to him, okay? That's all. Yeah. That's, that's there. That's all we get. That's the only thing I know about Kirk Cassell. No, now, now um, but am I, am I right, though, that at the time of, of the incident occurring, you guys were pretty aware that, you know, Honda came, was coming in, came in, and that uh, Kurt had some issue? I, I don't know. I don't know anything. I, I, you know, I believe me, I, it was a terrible loss for me. I don't even want to talk about it. I mean, I lost oh my God. A, a, like a, a, a son to me because I had spent oh. the last six years before that with him every race. He, he 
between, you know, AMA Nationals and the works and Baja. I mean, oh, it's, man. trust me, it's a subject I don't even want to go there. Okay, yeah. well, let's not do that. Hey, George, I'll call you up and I'll, I'll schedule you for this afternoon. All right. How do you like that, uh, Bill? Well, I mean, come on. He's like a son? Well, I know that it's... Oh, Jesus. Listen, I don't even want to comment on that, but uh, listen, like I can tell you authoritatively that that clip out of that that audio from from Dirt Live, Mm -hmm. uh, there's only two people that had access to it if George didn't cut it out, and that's Andrew the media guy, uh, the internet guy that worked for uh, uh, Roger Norman and Roger mm-hmm. Norman himself. Now, well, my, guess, my guess is, knowing the internal workings of the, the organization, is that Roger called Andrew, and Andrew found a way to delete the, uh, the clip. Okay, now, my, this one I'm talking about is the Weatherman live feed, and then it was a rebroadcast. And it was on the it was straight off the score site, and I listened to it several times. Made sure to uh, you know do screenshots because I I worried that that might go down uh, or get get taken away. And it's a 22 minute. And uh, if he shows back up, make sure you make that distinction or clarification. Is that it's 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 really creepy actually. Uh, as as both the one X and the two X are approaching mile marker 788 for Udall and. Uh, Kurt would keep going on to 792. Um, there's a call out from a very crisp, clear American English, uh, uh, you know, language man who sounds professional, and he says simply this: "Weatherman, uh, booby trap at race mile 695." As the as Kurt is approaching the 795 area. He described it as a uh, a large concrete pipe that is used, you know, he said, and it was, this is a stand-in weatherman, too. It's used to, you know, do water, big kind of water projects. And so looking is, on the map there, go ahead. Is there, is, hey, hey, Bill, you've been in that area, though, right? I've been everywhere. Yeah, and there is there a pipe, as was mentioned? No. No, and, and they sent a, a rescue uh, two down there. I took notes. You know, as I'm listening to this stuff, I keep copious notes. And then I listened to it again to see what I'd missed. They sent a rescue to folks, you know, the, weather, the stand-in weatherman could not speak in, uh, Spanish. That's okay. They had enough English to know where to go. Couldn't find anything. But to me, that was a, a key element. What if that person meant 795 and maybe not a concrete pipe? It doesn't matter. It was like everybody was a focusing attention simultaneously. The trophy trucks were um, on, on the show. Uh, they were being filmed, and they were arriving at Coco's Corner. And George Antel just couldn't help himself. He had to just interview everybody and, you know, come check us out. You know, I, I, I hear this time and time and time, you know, check it out, man. It's all cool. And what he's doing is he's over-talking poor Tim Carpenter trying to raise the Honda helicopter. Now, that was in the background. What was redacted was right after she goes and says, Honda helicopter score off. She does it again. Weatherman score ops. Go ahead. Uh, can you bring up the Honda helicopter? And neither of them had the frequency. Now, you asked Bob Steinberger if he would ever allow that to happen. No. 
those helicopters are supposed to have a frequency made available so that, that we can talk to them. For some sort of mysterious reason, poor Tim was not able to alert Johnny in the uh, helicopter while he was tending to Udall. And Kurt's just up the road three, four miles, and he's laying on his back in a thicket uh, under some pinion trees, and he's got his helmet off, and he's just rode over there as if he just, uh, you know, laid the bike down. The, the witness who found him, Ken Cassera at Baja Turtle, said that he had to pull the clutch in and, and push the bike across the course to set it up to a stump so we'd get a clear beam. Well, I said, well, what gear do you think it was in, um, uh, Ken? He said third or fourth. That area is a, I'd probably say a fifth or sixth gear area. You can look at any other car, motorcycle. Robbie Bell always puts his GoPro on for this specific area. And it's, it's high speed, 70, 75 miles an hour. The average for the 2S going through there, that was Caselli's number, uh, number, was 58. In other words, that the, the Caseric repeatedly said, I just think that something happened prior to where he, you know, you know, seemingly rode off the course right there, just flopped the bike down, took off his helmet, and then uh, be- began to uh, deal with his, his uh, fatal injuries. So, yeah. Hey, let, let me hold you there, Bill. We sure. are going to get back to the Caselli incident uh, yeah. at a later at a later date, so that yeah. we can comprehensively speak to it. Uh, but the lesson learned here is communication, and yeah. I just wanted to, because I had the ability. Uh, reach out about that, um, uh, what clearly is a purposeful uh, elimination of information. Deliberate, deliberate. uh, And you know what? When Walt Lott died, and I'm going to bring up some old time here. And I was on duty when uh, Walt Lott died. You go to another frequency, but you don't at least tell the people when you have a redaction, and somebody's actually investigating this, whether it be a law firm, you know, what if facilities wanted to initiate uh, civil action? A lawyer would want to hear that. You know, what happened? What was the time? And to redact that, I mean, erase it. It's dead air, no pun intended, for 22 minutes after they realized that they cannot reach the Honda helicopter. Well, Bill, hey, Bill, I, I, I want to announce right now on this very show mm-hmm. that um, I've already gotten the authority of uh, my uncle in an earlier conversation today. Uh, mm-hmm. If things went a certain way having to do with this incident, uh, that an inquest be started. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm announcing today that uh, we have uh, allocated funds for a Kurt Caselli inquest. And because of this information having to do with purposefully deleted uh, information on the SCORE website that uh, uh, will begin uh, an inquest in this. Uh, we did an investigation at the time simply to gather the information. Um, and, of course, uh, we did a couple of interviews as an organization with Ken Kasorik before his untimely death. Mm-hmm. And um, now that we have uh, 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 your assistance, I believe an inquest can be successful in uh, making a a logical, learned uh, conclusion about uh, what possibly could have occurred here. And, you know, the main reason why we're doing it is uh, uh, as point number two is because number number two, nobody else has done it. 
Right. And then and now number one, uh, verified, documented uh, that there was a purposeful cover up of the facts of the incident. Yeah. Uh, you know, had, had there been civil litigation involved in this, and there will not be, uh, there's already, already been an agreement, and I won't discuss it, but um, had there been, uh, there would have been a lot of depositions being taken and a lot of hard questions asked. You and I have talked privately about these. I'll keep them at, uh, right now. But these are not just my opinions, my thoughts, or the facts. This has come in from... Uh, many uh, tens, if not a hundred, different sources who are still raising their clenched fists in the air in anger, saying this was not possible to just fall in 11 miles, which took him only nine minutes, from a man who has ridden thousands of miles. And no one, and I heard about the... uh, Skyler House finding a piece of animal hair. Well, where where Kurt laid down, but we did find a cow. We had a Mexican uh, out of Ensenada go with his helmet in, and sure enough, two days after uh, Kurt was uh, removed from the scene, he found a one-range cow. Okay, well, thank you. We we encourage that kind of information. If we're wrong, uh, we want to know about it first to hide, to uh, not address these important issues, no wonder, no wonder people are a little more than just concerned. They actually would fear for that. But I I did send a message very clear to Roger back on uh, January 16th of this year. If there's another Caselli-type incident where there's a Mexican, a car, a quad, and I hear about it and it happens the same way, this is not a threat. It's not a, a warning, Roger. It's a promise. I promise I'm going to testify against you and score for this kind of willful indifference as addressed in the ESPN uh, magazine article, Caselli's Last Ride, in which Alyssa Roark did this for us, for you, the off-road community. I didn't ask her for the information. I just said, would you provide it? Where was Roger Norman, the race director? And his, and his uh, safety director, where were they? Standing, sitting, sleeping, flying, driving? Where were they? I don't care. Please, for the record, permanently, place it in your article somewhere. And she did. We talked about this in part two uh, last week where she did it. And she did that for all of you, all yeah. of us. Yeah. Not just the motorcycles. Believe me, she was, she, she, as an X Games expert who is going to soon be a, become a producer, she says, I, I don't want to see any kind of extra, um, uh, oh, I'm sorry, ultra-hazardous activity like right. off-road racing. Or something. I don't want to see that go away. That's my livelihood, and it's the livelihood of many, many thousands of others. Now, Bill, am I right that one of the reasons uh, why, it's Alyssa, right? Alyssa Ronick. Right. Uh, that, uh, Alyssa, that Alyssa was tasked to, to be embedded in Kurt's oh, yeah. team. Part of it was because now, am I right on this? I seem to remember that uh, was was Kurt affiliated in some fashion with the X Games? No, they were just ESPN was relatively certain that they were going to win. Why not be with a winning team that has never had a KTM win a, a thousand? 
and a Mexican who I told you earlier that could have told me several months ago and he could have changed his mind, but it was still possible to stop that fight. You know, just like uh, you all dropped off the Timmy Wheeler in, in, in the wash and give it to, to Ivan. Let him ride across the, the finish line and be the true, uh, the first true overall champion from Mexico. That was Kurt. He told me that that's what he wanted to do and he intended to do. Whether he changed his mind race, we'll never know. No, no, no. But, he he ha- intentionally had Ramirez ahead of him, so that, that handing off yeah, the, the win was going to happen. But I don't think Ramirez knew it. That's that's what that's what the Kurt told me. Because you know, I, I'm, I'm I don't tell anybody. Because he and I can dead men tell no tale. Uh, and I'm not being funny about it. You know, I can talk about it now because it it had it happened, we could all talk about it. And right. I'm just so saddened that um, in that short a time period, on a smooth road, that. Everyone was able to, to, you know, run up to 91 miles an hour and stuff. And, it, and if you look at, at, at any of his GoPro um, uh, features, that like on a national championship going on, he'd wear a GoPro, and, and you're sitting there, and you're holding your chair, going, he, oh, slow down, slow down, you're going way too fast. His mom said in, uh, in the, the beautiful movie by uh, Red Tide Productions and, and directed by Wiley Watkins, um, Nancy Caselli says, you know, he, he was going to do the Heron Hound series to get a feel and get ready for the score series. And then he looked at his mom one day, and bless her heart, she, she edited it. She says, Mom, this, this just seems easy. Don't get me wrong. It's, 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 it, it takes effort, but, but I can just fly across this stuff effortlessly. If a, if a listen knew and ESPN knew that it wasn't a guaranteed win, but it was more than likely that mm-hmm. KTM and Caselli Ramirez were going to win this event, was that as clear as day to uh, JCR? I think so. Um, I, 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 I'm certainly still waiting patiently for their, their victory video. It was their last one. Uh, it would have been. It was their 17th uh, career by 1,000 win, and you know to go out in style. I would certainly have a celebratory um, victory video like they put out at every other race they've won, including the San Felipe 250 and the, and the 500. And the other so, thing I think it's important to mention at this point, and we'll leave it at that, and then we'll go on mm-hmm. to this year's Baja 1000. But um, Johnny Campbell. Uh, uh, was is known as being a wily competitor. He was trained by the very best of wily competitors, the late Bruce Ogilvy. Bruce and I worked at Honda together. Uh, I was in the legal department, and uh, Bruce was in product development, product evaluations. And I would call him, you know, from time to time about a question, a technical question on a case that I was going out to investigate, and. Um, then we had our other relationship, and that's when I was a pit support person. I'd go out and pit. Uh, I ran a team in 2012 that got a, a championship out of Best in Desert, and, and Bruce was very good to work with, but you had a certain level of respect. There were things that he would not tell you, not that they were damaging. It was just that th- there is a, a, a – I think all the teams are like this. Robbie is Robbie Gordon is definitely one of them. You know, he's not going to let you know where he's going to pit. If you ask me where I'm going to be at the 1,000, 
this year? I'm not going to tell you. Well, that's the, that's the reason <laughs> why Warner Brothers chose that term as the first name for their coyote in all the cartoons, Wiley, <laughs> because that's a form of behavior and attitude by a desert dweller that is, you know, it, it's all about life and preservation. Yeah, it really is. So uh, now let's leave it at that, and we'll mm-hmm. we'll uh, uh, communicate further about this inquest, and we'll also uh, uh, put a press release out from uh, BajaRacingNews.com. Um, but uh, the the most important thing, of course, is the, the present and the future. And mm-hmm. one of the things that we've uh, talked about off air, uh, Bill, and we might as well uh, uh, fulfill the the balance of uh, our service to others uh, by uh, talking about uh, what you and I, uh, in, for sure, what you are going to be doing for this Baja 1000 and the advice that you can give and how people can contact you. So what are you doing for this Baja 1000? Uh, I've been, been invited again to be on the team that won last year. Uh, we're going to be minus uh, Jason Boss. We're just going to have a Mac Mick. Uh, Rob McCachron and, and Andy McMillan and uh, the Baja Fools have been uh, pitting for them at all these races, stateside and south. And for the thousand, I get to do the funnest job of all. Uh, radio communications to from McMillan Air. We're gonna have an airplane and uh, you know probably a helicopter. And of course with the with the race truck. And then we do split times. I let the, all that big 200-pound tire stuff and that big old nasty hose that goes into the to fill the, the, the truck with fuel, that's for those guys. I mean, I, I really like to make sure that everybody knows what's going on before they come in as, as they do. The other wonderful job we have is crowd control. And you say, wait a minute, who would want to do that? Well, I speak Spanish, and we play a game called Simon Says, and in Spanish it's Simon Dice. <laughs> you, you, you get the, yeah, it's great. I, I, you know, put your hand on your head. That is head awesome. And then what they do is, Simon says is, is a training. It's a conditioning thing. You know, Simon absolutely. And we always end up with this. If there's a celebrity racer, if there's parents, how about the parents? In fact, when when our helicopters were grounded one year at the thousand, it was uh, 2002. There was a late start. The, the wash was. So Ogilvy uh, lands his helicopter. I was with Temecula Motorsports. We land our helicopters in the wash. The kids show up. And to let Bruce and Mike Finley have their little chat, I said, vamos a jugar Simón Dice. The parents were in the background. We're playing Simon Says. And because there was really no celebrities and we didn't want them near the uh, aircraft, I said, the last one was Simon Says, go give your parents love. And we've done this with Robbie Gordon. We, we flood him with stuff. So, you know, last year at the Thousand, we had not a single person in our pit. And we were down way in the desert at El Crucero. And uh, not one person came in the pit. And we had a full, a full uh, studio there. CBS had set up a studio in the middle of nowhere. Not one person crossed because I made the locals a promise that Rob was going to get out and Andy was going to get in. And that once Andy actually left the stall and was down the road, that they were cordially and eagerly invited to jump the fence, come over, and uh, you know talk to Rob. And that's how it works. So that would be advice that I would give. Promise something. Ask for something humbly. Don't, don't, please don't talk down to our hosts. 
I don't care what their age is. They're our friends. They wait for this. This is what they all think about. They prepare for it. They, they make their meals. They come out, gas the car. And you know what they also do? Besides it being free, and you can come and go when, when uh, you please, you know that they also are unofficial pit crew members? If your car breaks down, if it rolls, <laughs> who's, who, who's there to roll you over? What Absolutely. What sport better is there than Baja racing? Specifically, you can go and come as you please. It's free. And guess what? You are hereby sworn to put out fires. If a, if a fire breaks on a fire, roll it over, change your tire, do whatever. And, and we gladly <laughs> accept and, and receive it. Well, Bill, you've touched on uh, one, one of the very special things about Baja Racing, and it is the people of the Republic of Mexico. Put simply. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, when I lived there, as a in a when I aged fifteen and seventeen, when my my stepfather Luke went to said you're going to go live in Mexico. My the first trip when I was fifteen was to Mexico City, and I was on a on a flight, an old TWA flight, and I remember looking out of the the window over when we were going over San Felipe, and I started to weep. I said, I'm, I'm not back racing my motorcycle. I, I got my girlfriend. And um, woe is me. I was only down there for about a month. I cried on the way down for what I thought I was leaving behind. But I definitely cried on the way back for what I had learned, for what I had been given. And I will never, ever forget those people. And each one of us, each one of us, if we just think for a moment, when has there been a time when we have been broken down, needed anything? Have we gone without only if a Mexican or the Mexicans weren't around to give it to us. That's a fact. We should embrace that. And I don't think certain people at score really, well, one in particular. Well, this entire community needs a lesson in uh, appreciation of, of uh, the, the people of the Republic of Mexico and <laughs> And the need for the the racing community uh, to appreciate itself more because yeah. they many clearly don't understand, uh, and if they do understand, they don't engage uh, in behavior that is community oriented uh, and that not only affects uh, themselves but uh, uh, policies, practices, and uh, work that protects everybody in the group. Enough, Mike. Very good. Exactly. Uh, you know, it's something that we've uh, uh, tried to start talking about from the very beginning. Uh, but you know, it's uh, you know when you start talking big picture, uh, if you don't have somebody like you listening and communicating with, and sometimes mm-hmm. it doesn't get across. But Bill, let me tell you, uh, you care, you mm-hmm. you're knowledgeable, and you have the ability of making uh, very important changes with the community. And so it's very exciting uh, talking with you and, and working with you to that okay. end. Well, then let's continue talking about the uh, this Baja 1000. Uh, so you're working with that team. Good luck to you. Salute to you. Great you. group, great people, great racers, mm-hmm. uh, great families. Um, but is there? Are you going to have any room or any time uh, to uh, 
uh, work with uh, the people that are affiliated or associated with you to make things uh, better as far as uh, uh, communication networks or medical. Yes, what we did, and then what I always do is I check in with Weatherman bright and early in the morning, as I did back in the, well, both these past years, uh, the morning uh, that led to the afternoon loss of a friend. Um, checked in with him at 5.45, and it was just simply this. So Weatherman's 421, and he goes, <laughs> he's awake. He goes, hey, Bill, what's up? And I says, I'm over here at mile 522, uh, 521 with the fools. We're pitting for these guys. If you need anything, like a you know Spanish interpreter to tell you what's about an accident or something like that, let me know. And uh, he, he appreciates that, folks. Every, all of the audience listening here, he he really appreciates it. Just keep it real nice. And, and guess what? He writes it down. He he looks like a trial lawyer when he's working in that airplane or in at Diablo, man. If you haven't seen him. Here's what it what it looks like to me: a trial lawyer who's writing down copious notes about what the witness is saying on the stand, and he's ready to go and come back to that specific question that was asked 20 questions earlier. And wow. he will come back to you if you've asked for status. He might not come back, so just remind him, and he'll apologize because he cares. He really, really cares, and so do I. We care all about you guys. So. No, there's no question about it, Bill. And, and do me a favor. When you do come across uh, Weatherman again next time, uh, let him know in our last conversation between uh, Weatherman and I that uh, he asked about some property that he owns down near La Paz, and I've got some answers for him about his property. Okay, great. I'll do it. Yeah, just to let him know. And then yeah. – um, uh, let's let's wrap uh, your interview up today. Uh, how do people get a hold of you, or and and or how do people read what you're writing and what you're producing uh, for racing in Mexico Baja? I have not launched into that. I have a little uh, a friendly uh, free site uh, or page on Facebook called Baja Holics Anonymous for those of us who are hopelessly intoxicated with the allure of Baja California. You know, this is, you say Baja, we go win. Forget the wife, the kids, the the, the business, let's go. And uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's certainly not a play on the uh, the real program of Alcoholics Anonymous, but it is based on certain principles. It's free. Everybody can join if they just want to, you know, be uh, interested in Baja. And you can come with the pictures, make comments. I'd like to open up another site that is fully functional like I had when I first started with uh, Robbie Gordon. And that was to have your own page. Uh, you could put in your own music and stuff like that. And I just couldn't afford it, and it didn't cost much. But I'd sure like to see that. And, and right now, I'm still leaning on, 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 on fast flow. So eventually, it'll come around. But if you look at Baja Hawks Anonymous, I have a couple of blog sites out there. I just don't tend to them right now because this, this matter that, uh, occurred now close to two years ago. It's been all-consuming as it has been for the other 35 members of this committee. Yeah, so, and it's and it's and the, and the let's not get this let's not under underestimate under you know underwhelm this. But dealing on the web, dealing on the, in the internet, and dealing with people through the internet and the web is complicated, controversial, and and oftentimes. Uh, uh, it can be uh, frightfully uh, expensive if you, if you make a mistake. Oh, sure it can, but that's that's why we opened it up. And, uh, you know, uh, the only feedback I got from 
Nancy at one time when we were just talking about these things on Facebook um, was, Bill, it's not what you're posting. It's these people that seem to come halfway through your, your thread about an issue that try, and I can see it, Bill, they, they divert it. They, they, they try and divert the, the focus away. And, you know, there's, there's a couple of people I have really wanted, a, I'll, I'll, I'll be professional and not mention their names, but even the Mexicans could see that. You know, it, it was a bilingual kind of exchange, and most Mexicans speak just as good as English as we do, and they saw it. And they, and they too started raising their, their eyebrows and going, huh, why would you try and divert a conversation that leads to a good, meaningful solution, some, some closure? Yeah, it's so, you know it, it, it's kind of mind-boggling. I I used to try to answer those kinds of questions. I don't anymore. And uh, let so let's refocus. Uh, people yeah. can get a hold of you at Baja Holics Anonymous, and that's on Facebook. Yeah, go ahead and do that. And then uh, I I have no problem getting my my phone number out. And by the way, thank you for having me on those uh, three separate uh, parts of the series. I've gotten a lot of nice calls, helpful calls. Um, uh, keep going. Keep doing this, and I didn't expect that at all. I, I was, I was um, not shocked, but I was, you know, mildly surprised that folks will say, you know what, you, and all through this thing, and it's not just me. They call to say you're doing a great job. I said, no, it's all of us, radio people, former racers, uh, the standards and procedures of protocol, uh, tracking, all those people, including sponsors who want to get back or are continuing to work in Mexico, they just don't want their identities revealed because of possible repercussion. Um, you know, yeah, it's, and, it's, all, uh, it's all about the money, Bill. And then, and, and then let's, let, I'd like to underline that. It's all about community. And, Bill, as long as you care, uh, we, we uh, really like having you uh, talk about these matters because we know that this this communication, just us talking about this, mm-hmm. uh, helps other people in their decision-making processes when they're racing in, in Baja, Mexico. And what's my motive? I've told, it, told you before. I, I won't ask you to remember. I'll just tell you this. All of you in the audience have done so much for me with your love, your time, your support, your laughter, your funny jokes. I'm just trying to give it back. And I don't think I can ever repay that, but I'll keep trying. Well, on behalf of uh, you know all the people who support you, Bill, uh, thank you for uh, uh, for your you know that you know that you care so much, and that uh, uh, you know the stuff that you think is important, we do too. So we're, we're extremely you. supportive. And so, listen, thank you very much for calling in today. Uh, we'll have you mm-hmm. back next week. And I also want to mention to everybody: tune in to BajaRacingNews.com every Wednesday. Every Wednesday on BajaRacingNews.com, a new piece or at least an updated uh, a bit of information from Baja Bill Fuentes is going to be loaded on Baja Racing News Live, and that's at BajaRacingNews.com every Wednesday. It's called the uh, Wednesday Investigative, and that's it's it's all Baja Bill. And, of course, anything that we can do to support you, Bill, uh, you know uh, we're here uh, and we're working on it right now. So, again, uh, just a matter of thanks. Thank you very much for calling in. Uh, we wish you the best of luck. We'll, we'll talk to you probably later on this afternoon. And uh, thanks for being on the show today.
You bet. And thank you again, Mike. I really appreciate the time. Uh, great hearing that other folks uh, enjoy uh, your information and your point of view uh, as we do. You bet. Thank you. Take care now. George, it's uh, Mike. Uh, we're uh, live and online. And uh, hey, listen, in the next 20, 30 minutes, give us a jingle if you'd like to give us a report on the uh, uh, the Parker race that you announced this weekend. Thanks.
Monster Mike, the Baja crew from the Desert Tower Studios in the Big Bad Desert. But we're going to elongate and promote uh, and keep it going on the beach 2015. Where can we find some more fun? Well, right now, it's in Cabo San Lucas, Mexico at the Cabo 500 Red Race until the 19th. Now, the Pro-Am is being rescheduled. I can tell you right now that the Celebrity Pro-Am, Cabo 500, let's see, it's uh, it's going to be, re- it's been rescheduled for April 14th through the 17th. That's right. The Cabo 500 Pro-Am celebrity event you know the uh the you know the regular joes they've finished the competition and by the way uh, that's that's now a private event it's not open to the public uh the pro am is going to be april 14th through the 17th uh and it's going to be a one loop approximately 500 total miles uh starting in la paz and finishing in la paz the Cabo 500 Pro-Am, 2016, next April. And I think there's going to be a couple of days before that. I think something like uh, maybe the 11th, 12th, all the way through the 17th. One loop, approximately 500 total miles, in and out of La Paz. The Cabo 500. Just go to Cabo500.com. That's cabo 500 dot com and sign up and if you don't think you're a celebrity or a professional or an amateur you're wrong you qualify I can tell you because uh, we made the decision over the weekend and it's going to be a blast we can't wait to do it so tune in to Cabo500.com the greatest escape in racing I can hear people's heads exploding right now. All around the world, Cabo500.com, the greatest escape in racing. And, of course, the live online events for this year's Baja 1000. The king of Baja 1000 at BajaRacingNews.com, November 16th through the 21st. Everything starts on the 16th. Now, we're live now. BajaRacingNews.com is providing live updates to its Baja 1000 coverage, King of Baja 1000, moment by moment. I can tell you right now there's a couple of things that happened in this show. It's going to go in there. It's going to go in the live coverage. It's important stuff. Just Baja Bill mentioning that he's going he's gonna to work for uh, McVoss. That's huge. That's big news. In fact, uh, my guess is I can tell everybody right now, overall, winning this event, pretty hellacious course, uh, the king, current king of Baja, Rob McCacaran, and former king of Vegas, pro- oh, that's right. It's Luke. 
That's right. It, you know, all these M's. <laughs> I don't think Rob Mack has anything to do with this team. It is uh, it's, uh, Jason Voss and Luke McMillan. You know, Mark's kids. My apologies to the king of Baja, Rob McEachern. Misreporting, as usual. It's Monster Mike. Uh, we're live we're right, right here right now with the Baja crew. The entire contingent is here. I salute you guys. Told you it was going to be a big show today. Big show. Blockbusters. Uh, we talked all about with uh, John Stewart about the squeeze. And, of course, the stormwater water issues going to be impacting off-road land use. Very important stuff. Everybody needs to know if you're a recreationalist, uh, desert off-road. Very important stuff to keep up keep up with. Oh, we also want to mention our, our friends, Ram Trucks. Marlboro. Hard Rock, Budweiser, Red Bull, and the king of Baja, BajaSafari.com. The king of Baja. A celebration of summer, off-road, and on the beach. And most likely it's going to continue all winter long because of El Nino. You heard John earlier talk about how it was in the upper 90s in the desert. It was the same way on the beach this weekend in San Diego.
And now for the in-depth race results from Parker, Arizona. King of Baja, Rob McCachran, takes it all. Saturday and Sunday, won both days. Congratulations, Rob McCachran. another version of Off-Road Live with our friends Ram Trucks, Marlboro, Hard Rock, Budweiser, Red Bull, and BajaSafari.com, the king of Baja. This is your humble host, Monster Mike, and the Baja crew, all gathered around in a kumbaya, symbiotic, I better stop there, Uh, we thank you for uh, joining in on the show. And um, we want to thank our guests today. The voice of off-road, George Antill. Baja Bill Fuentes. And John Stewart, our recreational specialist, here at Off-Road Live. Every Monday, 4 West, 7 East. And today, by the way, you may want to go on to the player and listen in to the uh, pre-show show, which we did. We did another interview with uh, Baja Bill. Talked all about it. Upcoming events. Well, the Cabo 500 wrapped up for 2015 this recent weekend. want to thank uh, everybody in Los Cabos, Mexico, for another successful 
greatest escape in racing. Cabo 500. Really spectacular. Uh, just... It's beyond words. And upcoming, the King of Baja 1000 live online event at BajaRacingNews.com. If you think you know Baja Racing, if you've always wanted to go to Mexico and experience a desert off-road race, if you've got some spare time and want to spend 24 hours online, go to BajaRacingNews.com for this year's Baja 1000. It's going to be much longer than that. It's going to be a week. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.